For the Vault Studio, this is the NFL Podcast with James Arthur, Chris Bryant, and Richard Garraway. Hello and welcome to the Vault Studio NFL Podcast. I'm your host, Richard Garraway. Sitting across the desk from me is my co-host, James Arthur. How are you, mate? I'm very well, but also a little sad. A little sad today. My yeah. man. Yeah, okay, mate. My man, Tony Romo. We'll get to him in the news, but, you know, uh, he's a guy I, I definitely have always loved. So I've lost to Marcus Ware. I've lost Tony Romo. Who's next? Terrence Newman? I reckon I'd just, I'd die. I'd die of a broken heart if Terrence Newman retired. I doubt you would. I, I think might. you'd be okay. I might. You don't know. You don't no, know. You no don't know I, I know for sure. I know for sure you will not die from a broken uh, heart. Other than that, I'm very you might good. die from a heart attack because you're so fat. That's definitely a chance. You know, that's definitely working hard on the building uh, site. It just gives out one day. That's it. Would it be a bad thing? That's the question. Die doing something you loathe. It'd be bad for you. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Today on the show, we're going to get obviously into the newsroom, chat about Tony Romo, but we've been teasing a big time guest today. We do have him on the show. uh, NFL defensive tackle. Yeah, defensive tackle. Defensive tackle. Adam Gotsis of the Denver Broncos and formerly of... uh, uh, Gridiron Victoria fame, I guess. Uh, Monash Warriors. Georgia yeah. Tech. That uh, was fantastic. We we filmed... Oh, we didn't film. We recorded the interview the, last week. He's the best Mon- Monash Warriors player ever that wasn't purchased. <laughs> That's pretty good. Yeah. But you're still probably ever. <laughs> yeah, easily ever. Uh, so he'll be on the show and <gasps> I should have put my phone on. Oh, here. no. Um, we'll have him later on in the show, but to get the show started today, we'll start in the newsroom. It's time to go into the newsroom on the Vault NFL Podcast. As James mentioned off the top, Tony Romo has retired. He's going to take a role at CBS to be the number one broadcast uh, special comment man. Color man, as I like to call him. Best thing is he'll be replacing Phil Simms, who's god-awful. He is pretty bad, Phil Simms, and it's time for a bit of youth. Um, There's so much to discuss on this. Let's start by congratulating Romo on a fantastic career, undrafted out of Eastern Illinois. Um, not many guys have gone on to be as successful as him going undrafted. Probably probably the best undrafted player ever. Yeah, definitely up there in the top three or four. Uh, I certainly think he's had a fantastic career and um, everyone knew he was going to move on to doing some sort of media role and I think he's going to be absolutely fantastic at it. I'm really looking forward to one, Phil Sims being replaced and, <laughs> and two, hearing him in the booth because um, there's not many guys in this league that are as smart as Tony Romo when it comes to football. Yeah, and I think it's... Um, yeah, it's... I think it's probably a good way for him to end. I don't think he really wanted to play football this year. I think if he really, really wanted to play football, was desperate to play he would have just marched into Jerry Jones's office and said, dude, I've given you everything. I've given you all my time. My body is ruined. I gave you everything I've got. Get your fourth round or fifth round pick and send me there because that's where I want to go and that's what I want to do. But I don't think he had that kind of conviction. No, and there's, there's also talks he didn't really want to leave the Cowboys. His family's there. He's got some young kids. His home's there. Um, he didn't really want to uproot his family and leave and... When you've only got a couple of years left and your body's, you know, would you prefer to be wrestling with your kids on a Sunday or wrestling with Olivia Vernon? I know what I'd pick uh, at that point. And in 
my opinion, it also shows that he, he really had nothing left to prove. Um, and it puts a lot of thought back into that game where Des Bryant was ruled dropped not a catch. catch. I don't think he dropped it, but anyway. Because <laughs> I feel like that was really his chance. Up, that in, was, up in Green Bay. Yes, that was the chance that they could have gone... They could have had a chance of winning that Super Bowl. Obviously, they lost to Green Bay. Green Bay then choked against Seattle, and then Seattle lost to the New England Patriots in the Super Bowl with the Malcolm Butler pick. But I feel like that was his year, and who knows how that season goes. Like, for God, Joe Flacco's won a Super Bowl, for God's sake. Like, you know, it doesn't take the best quarterback in the world, and I think that was maybe his time. But in my opinion, I don't think he had anything left to prove. He is number one in the Cowboys ever. Passing yards with three, with just over 34,000, 248 touchdowns. And I think the most imp- impressive thing is winning drives. He has 30 game winning drives, which is seven better than Roger Starbuck and nine better than Troy Aikman in Cowboys history. Plus, he has the third best completion um, quarterback rating and completion percentage ever behind Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady. I think you put that all together, this guy's had a pretty illustrious career. and um, I think it was just time to move on, and maybe the maybe the Texans weren't that appealing to him. Yeah, as I said, they got a crummy offensive line. I just don't think he wants to do it. Yeah, I just think he, he can move on in his life. As I said right before we started recording, he's finished three games where he actually played in three of his last four games that he's played in. He's left on a cart. Yep. You know, it, it it's hard. Where, where's your desire when you're constantly being beat up and being destroyed, and you're like, you know what? One more hit and it might be the last one. And I wheel myself well, around it, yeah, for the rest of my life. Exactly. So, you just don't know. Yeah, at what point you know, do you say, okay, well, it's been a great run. I'm done. Now, 14 seasons. I just want to bring up a few players who also went undrafted. Yep. Um, James Harrison, mm. linebacker, was mm-hmm. uh, was undrafted. Antonio Gates, mm. Hall of Fame tight end, was... Uh, well, he's not a Hall of Fame. He will yeah. be. Warren Moon. I'll take Warren over uh, Romo. He was undrafted. Uh, and Kirk Warner, another quarterback, was also undrafted out of uh, Northern so Ireland. So I think Tony Romo is a better quarterback than Kurt Warner. Yes, but... Kurt Warner won. Will, do you think Tony Romo is a Hall of Fame quarterback? Yes, I do. I think he is. I don't know whether that means he'll get in. His numbers are incredible. His plays incredible. They're not really. They are very good. He's, he's around the 20s for most categories. He's in front of a lot of guys that are already in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, but they're different eras. Yeah, but you, you can't... he's better than Aikman? Yes, he's as, a, of, as a pure he's passer. He's ahead of all his records. Well, that's not what I asked. It's, he's a quarterback. Yeah, as a, as a quarterback. He's a better quarterback than Troy Aikman. Do you understand think, why he won't be in the Hall of Fame versus Aikman? Because he hasn't won a Super Bowl and Aikman won three. It never went to one as well. Yeah, it never went to one. But you, you can't... like. It's hard to say that because he didn't have very good teams. The only time they had a really good... There was two times they had a really, really good team. When they went 13-3 and three and lost to the Giants, when the Giants went on that incredible run and won the Super Bowl. And when they lost to Green Bay in that, in that game. Which, you go back and tell me how he could have done any more. Um, that's the thing. If he's a Baltimore, you know, he's a Super Bowl champion. You know what I mean? It, it's pretty easy to... you know. Trent Dilfer's won a Super Bowl, for Christ's sake. Yeah, but he's not a Hall of Famer either. Absolutely not. And he won't be one. No, neither will Joe Flacco. But I think that's not the only thing you can assess a guy on. He's had some pretty good moments. 
He's one of the winningest quarterbacks in NFL history. He has the most come from behind wins in NFL history. That, he has the most fourth quarter I, I wins. I wouldn't hang your hat on that one because it means you were trailing all the time. The that reason Aikman make, doesn't. The fault, reason though. Aikman didn't have any. Well, but Aikman also had Emmett Smith, who's the best rush runner in exactly, NFL history. and they had an awesome offensive line at the time as well, and they yeah. had a very good tight end, and they had an outstanding wideout, but a and a really good defense. Yeah, it's it's one of those ones where you look at it and you say you just. I honestly don't think his resume is impressive enough. I don't think he'll be a Hall of Famer. Oh, I don't think he will either, but I think his play... When when I think of Tony Romo and think of what made him special, it's not going to be the numbers or the wins. It will be the play, like when he made JJ Watt miss him in that game and yeah, threw doing a touch, the spin around. That sort of yeah. stuff. Yep. He, You can say he's a Hall of Famer or, or not, whatever your opinion is. But at the end of the day, you can't deny he was one of the most entertaining quarterbacks you'll ever watch. The way he moved in the pocket, the way like all those plays, like that play when the ball got snapped over his head and he dodged about three guys just to get a, a completion of four-yard gains, but he's thrown at 30 yards. Stuff like that. They're things that, you know, I think as a Cowboys fan, obviously I've watched a lot more games of his, is they're things that I'll remember. And anyone ever asked me what was Tony Romo like, I say he was incredible. He was just such an incredible player. There's a lot of guys that couldn't do what he could do, but there's also a lot of things that he couldn't do that other guys can, if that makes sense. Um, I think if Tony Romo plays in Troy Aikman's era, I think he wins three Super Bowls. Probably. Yeah, if he plays... Oh, no, I'll give you a better one. In the reverse, could Troy Aikman have got any of those teams over the line? No, nowhere near. And that's not saying Troy Aikman wasn't a good quarterback. He was a very good quarterback, but... A lot of people don't understand. Aikman was more of a, a manager and a really efficient quarterback. He wasn't a throw, and the game wasn't like that back then. Oh, it was either, a completely different. But game. he wasn't a three. I couldn't imagine Aikman throwing three hundred yards a game. No, he just didn't there, have that sort of. There were only arm. two guys who did it back then, and it was Dan Marino and Dan Fouts. Exactly. That, 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 and maybe Steve guys. Smith every now and again. And they're and they're also the two who are in the Hall of Fame without rings. Yeah. As far as quarterbacks go. Yeah. So you know it, when you look at. The modern, and this is the thing that's going to be even harder for Romo, is when you look at this current crop of quarterbacks who've been very good for, say, 10 years, yep. if we talk about the, the Mannings, Manning, Breeze, Brady, um, Rogers, Matt, yeah. Neen, Eli Manning, Eli Manning, and they've all got rings as well. Eli so, Manning will make, the, will make it purely because he's won two Super Bowls. And there's a lot of writers from that area of exactly. thing who vote on it. So I, I, I don't... It wouldn't surprise me if Romo made it, but I don't think he will. I don't think his numbers add up to a Hall of Fame resume. But, you know, one of the big things we always talk about when talking Hall of Fame is at one point, was he the best at his position? Now, it's been very hard to be that with Manning and Tom Brady and even Aaron Rodgers in his era. But you would have to say at some point he's been... he's He was a top five quarterback for uh, the space of six, seven seasons. Yeah, that, I think that's something that, that could get him over the line. But you're right. On pure numbers, he, he's not there. And I don't think he will make it. No, I don't But either. I certainly think he'll be a Cowboys ring of honor guy. Uh, I think that'll be about as far as it goes. And um, I think you'll see him move into some sort of front office role at some point as well. But yeah, just, just a really... I think it was just a, such a smart time to end. If he goes to Denver and gets hurt again or Texans and gets hurt again or, you know... And as as he said when he when he retired, I don't want to go to Houston and, and win a Super Bowl and jump in on the last minute when the team's been getting built for five or six years and and win it because I wouldn't feel as a part of it. 
Um, which I guess that just shows you how much he's invested as a cowboy. He's a very much a team player. Like he's he's a guy who played with punctured lung for Christ's sake. Like there's he's done a lot of tough things over the years, and um, he's also had a lot of stuff ups over the years. There've been games where he he's failed, and I think that's one thing I really appreciate about Tony Romo is that he's failed probably as much as he's succeeded, and it makes you really appreciate what he was because the fact that he failed a lot of times meant that he was put in a position to succeed a lot of times. And he certainly did that a lot as well. So, you know, it's easy to be the best quarterback on a really good team where, you know, like Peyton Manning last year, sorry, in 2015, he wasn't their best player. He was nowhere near it. And they win a Super Bowl. Now forever, he'll be known as you won two Super Bowls. Same with he Elway. Was, he, was, he was the best on the other one. Exactly. Exactly. So I think the fact that you're put into a position to to win, to have to win so many times, it shows that, Maybe you weren't on that good a team, and the fact that you did it so many times means that you you're a pretty damn good player. And I think he, I think from what I've seen from Romo, he's going to be just fine walking away from his career at this point. Yeah, I would think so too. A, a bit of the um, nitty gritty of it, uh, he'll be designated as a post June first cut, which means the Cowboys get to spread his nineteen point six million dollars in dead money across two seasons. Now, for those who don't know. When a player retires, you don't just get to wash yourself of their uh, of their contract. No. That's, that's an old gag that uh, doesn't work anymore. The NFL changed those rules quite a few years ago. Um, that yeah, it basically stopped teams signing stupid deals to yeah. to older players just to get them some money up front and then just wash their hands of it. You can't do that anymore. I just want to quickly speak about the fallout from this. There's still a handful of teams who would not be happy with their day one quarterbacks. Romo now is obviously out of the sweepstakes. The two probably biggest that are still out there is Cutler and Kaepernick. Mm-hmm. This Romo domino has fallen. Do you think these other two will fall soon or do you think these are going to be post-draft signings? I, I think like the Texans, they're going to have to put their money where their mouth is now because they said they were happy going in with Savage. Well... You're going in with Savage now, so you better be really comfortable. Keep in mind they had a subpar running game last year. I um yeah, I'm not really sure how how well that's gonna go. If I was the Texans, I'd I'd make a run at Jay Cutler. I think Jay Cutler's a, a really good quarterback. I think he could really help that team. Um and if it doesn't work out, then he won't be on much money anyway. You can get rid of him. My concern is Cutler doesn't I don't, want I don't, to. I think you might see Romo might start the uh effective quarterbacks retiring. I think you might see Jay Cutler decide, you know what? I don't want to really play anymore anyway. I've earned $120 million in my career. I'm sure it's well invested. His wife is very well off also and very attractive and I'd want to just lay on a beach with her for the rest of time. You know, and all these guys have got kids as well. Roman's got three kids. Cutler's got two. They're getting to the age now where maybe they want to spend some time with them and what's better than, you know, Romo will purely have to work on Sundays. That's it. You know, he just has to go and do the call. I'm sure there's more involved, but yeah, there is. But he will he will have a pretty, especially in the off season, he'll have a pretty light schedule. He can spend a lot of time with his family. Um, they've earned enough money, so there's never going to be any financial pressure on these guys. Uh, I, I just, if I was Cutler, I'd probably just walk away unless a dream job opened up. But I think what you might see, like, what if someone like Andrew Luck or Ben Roethlisberger. Or, you know, similar to how Teddy Bridgewater got hurt last year. What if one of them go down, Well, you know, okay. you, three months before the season starts? Then do you, does Romo or Cutler well, get tempted? You use the example of luck. Answer to that, no. That team sucks and ain't winning a Super Bowl. 
It, it's not. Exactly. Okay, so well, someone like oh, Tom Brady, they got Garoppolo, but... And, and they wouldn't do it. That's the, not their style. The Seahawks? No. The Steelers? Roethlisberger goes down injured? Potentially, but it's not a great off- offensive line there. I mean, you got weapons. Oh, it's pretty good. But uh, Look, that's what I mean. If a big guy goes down on a team that feels like they're in the window, like Minnesota is, last year, do they get tempted out? The, the short answer is depends. How much money can any of those teams have in their cap to throw at Romo for Well, that's why the Colts were a good one because he has a lot of money. Yeah, well... They have a lot of money. The rumours are he's getting paid $5 million a year to be the special yeah. guy. Yeah. And that's a contract. That stuff's guaranteed. And he's yeah. probably going to sign a three-year deal. Yep. So it's probably a $12 million guaranteed yeah, contract. There's, there's no you've got to turn up. up. Do you tear that up to go and learn a new offence and go get smacked around again on mm-hmm. Sundays? What if someone offers you $25 million for one no year? No one's got that. Oh, there's heaps standing By the end that. of the draft, no, they won't. No one's going to have $25 million to offer you for a one-year deal. At, at a team where you're there to compete. The Browns might be able to do it. The 49ers might be able to do it. Well, that's what I mean. Maybe but the 49ers go, hey, we've got no one here. This is looking no, bad. No. Hey, Romo, we take... We take kiss, what if what kiss, if the Packers... my... What if, the, what if Rodgers went down? Well, that's completely different. Now, I don't think they'll have $25 million, they, but if they threw at me 12... Well, they've got twenty five million. They've got about forty five million in their cap because they never sign anyone. I'd have a long hard think about it and then say no. <laughs> I would. I, I just Tony Romo. I, I said it before. He's left his last four games that he took a snap in. He left. Oh, I agree with you. Cart. I agree with you. But if if yeah, if that comes up, if I'm you, Cutler, I'll turn up and take the cash. Of course you will, but because he doesn't. Jerk. He doesn't need to though. No, he doesn't. But hey, if someone's dangling a twelve million dollar check in your face, fully guaranteed. Yeah, no, I couldn't agree more. Either way, I think um, Cutler, I think he'll be a post-draft signing or I think you'll find he retires much like Romo. I just don't think he's got anything left to prove. Every, there's a real stink on him. He might decide, you know what, if you think I'm no good, I won't play. Who cares? Like, there, must, there couldn't be too much of a stink on him because apparently there have been a lot of teams interested. It would not. I'm telling you, it would not surprise me if, if this is it. For Cutler, yeah, wouldn't surprise because really he does not need football. No, he doesn't. He's got no. The only motivation for him right now would be winning, and sue me for for conjecture, but I don't think he really cares that much about winning. Jay Cutler, not anymore. No, I think he's had enough. I think he's. he's done. I think some people have. He's How probably long has he been playing for? As probably as long what as Romo. Draft? Was he the Roethlisberger draft? Yeah. With no, um, no, no. He was a number one pick, Cutler. I'm certain. Um. Yeah, he he's got nothing left to prove. You know, he, who cares? He doesn't need money. <laughs> I just he doesn't to need look, a win. When I went to look for it, I searched Jay Cutler, and the foot you had know, gives you the um example. Are you searching for this? And it finishes off your search. Yeah. It had wife and then net worth. <laughs> yeah. Two thousand and six NFL draft. He was. He oh he was Mario Williams, Reggie Bush, Vince Young. Ah uh, yes. He went number eleven to the Denver Broncos. Was then traded to Chicago. Yeah, but. Well, later, he played plenty for the... Oh, yeah, he played heaps for them. He was quite yeah. good at the Broncos. He oh. actually went to Chicago because the coach left Matt, Denver and went Matt there. Matt Lineart was Matt drafted Lineart was 10. there. <laughs> you just go through this draft. Mario Williams, yeah, obviously a hit. Reggie Bush, not what he was supposed to be. Vince Young. The Brickershaw Ferguson. Ferguson was, was good. good. AJ Hawk had a good career. Vernon Davis was up and down. Chad Greenway had a good career. Yeah, Michael Huff. Never really made it. Dante Whitner, good career. Ernie Sims was a bust. Matt Leinart was a bust. Uh, Jeez, Greg Jennings was taking the middle of the second round. Hello, Nada. Cameron Wimbley never got going. Bunkley, Ty Hill, Jason Allen, the safety. Anyone ever heard of him? Bobby Carpenter, Lawrence Maroney, Manning Lawson. 
Oh my god. Oh my. Not a good draft. <laughs> Davin Joseph. I just Damn tried. Bro. Don't even talk to me about that. I remember that draft. We took a guard. Callie Jennings. Matthias Kiwanuka. There's a few good ones there, but not a lot. Cortland Finnegan was taken in the seventh round by Tennessee. Yeah, he, was a, he was a jerk, that guy. Yeah, he was a jerk. Good player. Anyway, yeah. um, moving on. Uh, the Eagles have bolstered up their defensive line by trading with the Ravens uh, for Timmy Jernigan. 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 I added a D. I'm not sure where that came from. Uh, for a second round pick. Sorry, no, he was a second round pick in 2014. Now he'll be moving to the Eagles. Can I tell you one thing I love about the modern NFL? A lot more trading. Trades are good. I like them. Well, it's it's free agency. That's what this creates. You look at it in the AFL right now, all these guys getting mass offers and stuff because it's free agency. That's what it does. This is, I don't like complimenting the Eagles, but this is a really good move. They lost Benny Logan in free agency. Um, they've added Jernigan, second-round pick. I think if you go back and do a redraft from that year, he probably goes in the top 20 picks, somewhere around, or maybe top 25 picks, definitely a first-rounder. Um, last season, he had 31 tackles, five sacks, and an interception. He's a very active defensive tackle, 6'2", 295. So not a typical nose tackle, but very similar to what Benny Logan was for the Eagles. Um, he's got better in every year of his career. He's going into the last year of his contract. Um, he's had four sacks in his rookie year, four sacks in his second, and and five sacks in his latest one. He didn't start every game his first two years. Uh, he only played 12 in his rookie, 15, and started six in his second, and played 16 games and started 15 in his third year, and by far his best year. So I think it's a really, really good move for them. Uh, I think the Eagles, have, they've done well. They just keep getting better. They love winning the offseason, those Eagles. Can we just touch on another fragile signing? Yep. Um, I'm going to have to find him now because I've just forgotten his name. The ex-Bills linebacker, Zach, Zach Brown, signed with the Redskins. Uh, pretty good move for, for them. He was a pro bowler at um, Buffalo last year. Second in the league in tackles. Uh, just a really good player for them last year. Plays that 3-4 system really well. He'll be really... He'll really bolster that Redskins defense. I think it's a really good move by them. Yeah, I'd argue with that. Low money as well. One-year deal, no yeah. risk contract. Lots of one-year deals this year. It's the Whole way lot. it's going because yeah. people know with the draft, if you hit in the draft, it doesn't matter what you do. So they might draft a middle linebacker this year and go, mm, he's as good as Zach Brown or he's slightly worse than Zach Brown, but we can have him for... You, you re-sign your superstars... And then you use the draft. That's what it is now. It's a team of young guys and superstars. That's all yeah. you've got. You got you got to hit on those first rounders because you get them for five years. You get that fifth year option. That's your and then option. It, and then if they're superstars, then you give them the money. Yeah. The JJ Watts, Tyrone Smith, Zeke Elliott, all those sorts of guys. They're going to be the guys that get the big money. Um, and that's what you do. Jack and Zeke could be all used up after his fifth year option. It would not surprise me if they yeah. didn't bring him back Running after back. five years. That sort of thing. Because they'll just draft another one. Last bit of news we want to hit on. Uh, there's a report that Amazon are going to be streaming Thursday night football. If uh, many of you might have noticed, last year Twitter uh, live streamed a number of the Thursday night games. It looks like this year that Amazon will stream up to 10 Thursday night games. Next week, it really appears the NFL can continue trying to push you know, the social media envelope and, and do what they can, get the game out to more people. They do a great um, job, to be perfectly honest. Well, a handful of years ago, remember Yahoo!, did a deal to stream one of the Monday night, uh, sorry, one of the London games, That's I think, from yeah. memory. Um, so there's been a handful of things like this over the years now. 
Amazon, I'm sure some people know, others might not. It's very much like a Netflix, Hulu type of deal. It's a subscription service. Um, so it'll be interesting to see yeah, if we're going to be able to get it or not. Because, yeah, I really don't know. You know like If we're going to get it, I have <laughs> no idea. Sorry, I just got distracted. Our good friend, The Boot, just sent me a message. I was just reading it, making sure he was all good. Um, we, we miss you, buddy. Uh, yeah, it's a great that, so social media because it's free. People can watch it for free. They then go, God, this is great. I really like want to watch this. Oh, what can I do? Oh, I can buy Game Pass. Oh, here's two hundred and thirty dollars of my money. Game Pass is awesome. It's the best thing if you if you love NFL, it is the best thing ever. And if you only like if you're not a big watcher, you can get it for one team, so you can just watch your team. Really? Yeah, you can just get your team now. Oh, nice. Yeah, you don't have to get the playoffs because that's normally on free to air a lot, but it, it's. If you want to get watch football, just get yeah. that. It's so much easier. Uh, the other thing, something else I wanted to touch on, but it slipped my mind. Oh, can we... Colin Kaepernick, still not getting a deal. Just quickly, what's your thoughts? I think it's it's a domino effect now. You think like, he'll get a deal soon? Well... Is he better than Tom Savage? Probably. But can he run that Bill O'Brien system? I have no idea. <laughs> That's a, that's a more unique system than a lot of others going it's around. A very, it's the same. Does. It's very similar to the system in Denver, which when everyone... Remember when Denver were trying to trade for him last year that everyone was saying it's a great system for him to fit into. So yeah, but it's amazing how no, tunes no, 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 change no, no, a bit. That was the Kubiak offense. It's very similar though. In. They're a very similar style. Yeah. They're all boot and, boot and move, run and gun, West Coast sort of style. It's, It'll be interesting. I, I don't think... Um, after draft, I think he might get a look. After draft, I think someone will probably bring him in and have a look at him. I, I mean, I would. There's no harm. The team that misses out on getting the quarterback they want will maybe that person. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, the quarterbacks in this draft are pretty ordinary. Or what if the Jets get no quarterback because they all fall before well, or something they, they like that? Well, they did take one last year. They probably, like, I know you don't like Hackenberg, but th- there's a chance that he's been doing good things in that building. We have no idea because we, we would, don't see We it. would hear about that if he was doing good things. We haven't even heard any trope about it yet. And that's what surprises me the most. Uh, yeah, that's pretty much it for the news. Pretty pretty low week, guys, other than Romo. Cry well, myself to sleep. It was <laughs> it was a light uh, week news-wise, but that's why we brought in the our man. very special guest. Adam Godsus, he's been he was absolutely fantastic with his time. So up after the break is we'll have that interview for you. Joining us now live on the line from Denver, Colorado, is Australian, former Georgia Tech, former, unfortunately, Warriors superstar, <laughs> Adam Gutzis. Adam, how are you, mate? Good, mate. Good, mate. Thanks for having me on. Absolute pleasure. Um, I'll throw this over to James because he's set this all up for yep. us, so uh, he'll get us underway. Look, basically, Adam, we wanted to start with your your story really now me and me and Richie obviously know your story pretty well as you've kicked both our asses on the field before <laughs> which is a bit of a you know it's, it's a bit of a boasting point really I've never boasted about someone kicking my ass before but um now that you're in the NFL it's all worth it but how did you start how did you get into gridiron to to start with yeah um you know it was I played like Aussie rules and you know basketball growing up and basically you know just was looking for another sport to play and you know I was kind of looking towards rugby and um, came across a flyer for the for the Monash Warriors and you know I went me and me and my mum and my brother went down there one one afternoon and you know I really didn't want to go out and play because you know I was looking at these guys coming down they're all like 19 year olds with like beards and stuff and I'm sitting there as like a 15 year old being like I'm not going to do this and then my brother was like I'll come down and play with you so 
you know, we both went down and, you know, instantly fell in love with it. I think, you know, just the community of guys there, the guys that want to be there just for the love of the game and, you know, just fell in love with the sport and basically from there just kept playing and, you know, met some coaches along the way that helped me out and, you know, they, they really guided me into the direction of looking to go into college and, you know, Paul Manero was a big guy that helped me out there and put me in contact with Georgia Tech and got over to Georgia Tech and, you know, the rest is history. He was over there for about four years and now with the Broncos. Uh... So what, what was that experience at, at college like? I know we've had a few guys on who have played college football and they all have very different. How, how did you find it? Yeah, um, I kind of just went in with the mentality, you know, just give it everything I have and whatever happens, happens. You know, it's a chance to get a, a great education um, for free as well. And then, you know, a chance to play a sport and, you know, and hopefully with the opportunity to go pro. So um, I just went in there and took it all for what it was and, you know, just went there and worked every day and, you know, good things kind of happened for me. So, you know, I just it was it was a great experience. So, you know, met, you meet a lot of guys that, as you boys know, out there on the field, they turn into brothers off the field. And, you know, I've got a great group of friends over here that really do feel like family um, after spending those four or five years with them at college. Um, Adam, a lot of people probably don't realize what goes into um, what's required to play college football. When you got over there, how quickly, once you started getting into their weights program, things like that, did you start to see your body change and think, oh my God, this is something else? Yeah, it was it was pretty quick. I mean, it was pretty instantly that I was just like, there's nothing like this back home. Um, you know, you can play pretty elite level of basketball or football or something like that. And I mean, you know, you'll probably have to work out here and there, but it's it's nothing like this, this, this uh, strength and conditioning and development that they have over there. You know, you're in a weight room where it's just the atmosphere is, I've, I haven't seen an atmosphere like that anywhere I've been. And you know, it's just guys in there that are just moving weight. And, I mean, they've been doing it since they're, you know, 12 years old, you know, uh, in high school you know, at, when they start there. So it's, it was a big shock. Like, a, that was probably the biggest shock was I went into the weight room and I was just like, these guys are monsters. You know, there are guys that are, you know, 70, 70 kilos lifting, you know, 200 kilos on, you know, deadlift and squat and stuff like that. And you're just like, how? And, you know, it was... It, <laughs> probably took me a good year to catch up to a lot of the guys but that was you know you, you really have to go in there and work and I think that's that's kind of the the next phase I think for Australian sport development is that strength and conditioning and I know there's a you know a couple guys back home that are kind of leading the the way on that and I think that's that's just the way it has to has to go and I mean it's getting there and yeah it was big culture shock and at what point did you think NFL's a chance for me was it immediately or did it take a couple of years um, I mean, I kind of like, I, I set myself the goal that, you know, I'm going to go there and give it the best shot. And, you know, it was probably after my sophomore year, I had a pretty good sophomore year. And, you know, throughout that year, I felt like I did pretty well. And, you know, I had some guys that were working out there and, and doing pretty well. So it was, it was kind of like, if I really, you know, put in the work and, and give this all I got, you know, there's a chance that I can at least get an opportunity, um, you know, to at least, you know, work out in front of some scouts and things like that. But, um, yeah, I mean, I always just kept my mind open and, you know, never really banked on just one thing happening. You know, I took my study pretty seriously and wanted to get my degree and basically just, you know, took it day by day and just worked my butt off. And, you know, we're in, we're in the draft process right now with a lot of college kids, a lot of anxious college kids hoping to get drafted. How was that process for you? 
Yeah, um, mine was a little different because obviously coming off the injury, but um, you know, I think I just went into it with the mindset that you know wherever you end up, you end up, and that's the op- that's the opportunity that you work so hard for. You know, you can't be set on one team or you know expecting to go you know in the first round or not get dropped. You know, it's just you've you've put everything into it. You've done everything you can up to that point, and nothing you know that you do in between the you know your pro day and the draft is going to really change that I don't think and you know basically it's you know you you see so many guys that can really mess it up for themselves you know they can get you know arrested or doing something dumb and you know they can hurt themselves but you know once you've got all your film out there that's what they're going off the majority of the scouts I believe and you know you just got to work it you've got to work your butt off when no one's watching and hopefully it pays off when the camera is on because you know that's what they watch. They watch that film and they see how you play out there. But you know, I'm sure guys are, guys are nervous. You know, when I was back in Atlanta, just training this off season, I had a couple of buddies that are uh, going through that process right now. And I mean, they just kind of they just want to know where where they're going to end up or if they're going to get a chance or something. Because that's probably the hardest part is just the waiting and the not knowing. Um, and then all of a sudden the draft comes and it's you get a phone call and you got to move cities in a week and you know you're in this new city and things just roll so fast, but uh, yeah, it's it's an awesome time, and it's something that, you know, you want to hold on to and always remember, and, you know, you don't want to have it as a negative day or anything like that. I think you just look at it positively and look at everything you've done and everything you've put into it, and this is where it's at right now. I definitely want to come to that uh, moving cities part again in a minute, but I just want to quickly yeah. jump back um, to the NFL Combine. It's something that's pretty new out here for, for the AFL and things like that, and um, whereas it's quite old hat for the NFL, that process, I mean, what's that like? You turn up, um, basically strip down to your underwear, sprint around a little bit, make a few plays, but that's all the stuff we see on TV. What I want to know more about is the interview process. Like how many teams did you speak to? I've heard they ask some weird questions, like would you rather be a cat or a dog? Like just silly stuff like that. What was your experience like? Um, Yeah, I mean, it's a a pretty full-on couple of days that you're up there. I mean, you get up there and... You know, you're pretty much on your feet all day walking around. You know, there's coaches and scouts walking around everywhere. So you're kind of on your toes um, around most most of the place. And you're trying to just be yourself. But, you know, you know, people are watching you 24-7. You've got to be here. You've got to be, you know, kind of, kind of being a professional. And that's what you got, you're going to be. You're no longer a college athlete. You, that's basically a job interview for to turn into a professional athlete. But, um, you know, I met with, I think it was about eight or ten teams, Um like formally, which are, which are in like the closed rooms and, and things like that. And then, you know, I spoke to pretty much every team informally, which is they have this big hall with all the scouts and some of the coaches out there. And, you know, basically a scout will just come up and grab you and, you know, bring you over to their table and you sit down and have a chat for five minutes. And, you know, they just want to get to know you a little bit. But, um, yeah, I think, I think it's kind of changed over the last couple of years, I think. It's gone more to, you know, learning about your character and who you are and, you know, what type of person you are rather than, you know, are you a mean guy on the field or, a, or a, you know, that type of thing. It's, it's, I think it's more to find your character off the field because nowadays with social media and stuff, you know, these guys are investing a lot of money into you that, you know, you can really mess up and all of a sudden it's, you know, a team's forced to get rid of you instead of, you know, it's dictated by your performance. It's more off the field issues and things like that that play such a big role. But, um, yeah, as far as the questions go, I don't think I got any got any 
crazy ones. Um, I heard about a couple of them, but yeah, I didn't get any, anything too crazy. So yeah, it was more just you know tell us a bit about yourself, where you come from, you know what are your hobbies, things like that, and then you know. But it's just it's just basically they're trying to just familiarize themselves with you and you know kind of try and figure out who you are off the field. And uh, were there any guys, you know, maybe from your college that were already in the NFL that were an influence on you that, that helped you through that process? Yeah, there was uh, two guys I kind of reached out to, uh, DeAndre Smelter and uh, Jeremiah Tauchu. I both kind of texted leading up into that and spoke to them a couple of times on the phone and, you know, just, just asked them what they what they thought of the process and, you know, how it kind of was laid out and stuff. But, um, I mean... At the end of the day, you've got to go be yourself and, you know, that's what they're going to judge you on is if you're being yourself or not. And I think, you know, if you go be yourself, they respect that more than trying to be someone you're not. Um, so basically, yeah, I just went there and I was myself. And, you know, it was, again, that's another experience that, you know, you don't want to put all this stress and anxiety on and, and make it a negative experience. You want to remember that because, you know, that's a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to go to a combine. And, you know, I think so many guys stress it and, you know, it is a big day and it's a big moment for a lot of guys. And, um, you know, it's just awesome that, you know, you get the opportunity to go there and experience that. So we had the uh, the combine, then the draft comes around. Uh, first round goes past, second round comes along, Denver's got their pick and I presume your phone rang. Who was on the other end yeah. when they called? Um, it was, I think it was just one of the, one of the scouts just making sure that it was me, uh, answering the phone. And then, you know, I spoke to Kubiak and Elway and a couple of the other coaches and, um, yeah, basically, you know, just congratulating me and, you know, looking forward to getting me out there and, and just going to work. And, um, you know, it's, it's a surreal moment. You know, I had, a, I had a couple of good friends around me and, you know, my, some of my family out there with me. So, uh, you know, it's just, it's just a moment that, you know, you really work for and you, you wish for and, you know, when it finally happens, it's kind of just like everything just goes into a big blur and you're sitting on the phone. I was on the phone for, I think, about an hour and a half just organizing my, I had to fly out the next day to go out there for some press stuff. But, um, yeah, that 24 hours was pretty crazy. But, I mean, it's just it's just awesome. You get experience that with your family and friends and, you know, you, you bring a lot of happiness to the people around you and, and you know, it's it's good to see some of that hard work pay off, but you know that it's just the the start of a new chapter. And I think you know couldn't have asked for a better place to land. And you know just love love playing football, and it's a great opportunity. And you know you talk about bringing bring happiness to the people. I know as the <coughs> Gridiron Victoria community and Gridiron Australia community, I can actually remember the minute you got drafted, which is is quite odd. Um, <laughs> We were at training and we had the, the, the pop-ups as each team got, got picked and Richie was coaching and he was just sitting there and then all of a sudden it was, guys, got to, just got drafted in the second <laughs> round and the whole training stopped and everyone gathered around and basically had a look at it and pretty much celebrated your success. And I guess the, the gridiron community in Victoria is, is a very small one in, you know, in the scheme of other sports, but it's also very close and I think everyone was just so super proud that like personally, I was proud that there was a guy in the NFL now that had kicked my ass, so I could tell everyone about it. Um, <laughs> nah, I yeah, played Adam Gotsis, you know. Yeah, it's it's awesome. Just you know, having the support from all the guys, you know, whether it was just guys on the Warriors, guys from other teams, um, you know, it's just awesome that you know I had that opportunity to play with guys like that. And I, I mean, it, that's where it all began, and you never forget where it all started. You know, just out there having fun, and you know, that's the thing I love about football in Australia, it's guys that are out there that love the game, you know, they don't care that it's, you know, it might be a 
rainy Melbourne day or something or, you know, terrible weather, you know, they're still going to show up and play just because they love the game. And, you know, it's hard to find passion like that in a lot of sports. And I think, you know, just that whole community, you know, it was awesome just to, you know, hear the feedback and support from everyone. And and the support that I still have from a lot of guys is just, just unreal. And, you know, I'm so thankful for it all. Um, you know, I love coming back and getting down there to a game if I can and, you know, watching the boys play and catching up with a couple of old teammates and stuff. And it's just it's just crazy how how much I've done in the last, you know, five, six years. And you go back and you just see your old mates and it's, you know, it brings back so many memories of just being out there and playing with them all. <clears throat> and then, so then you're drafted in the second round and then obviously you have to go to the, the rookie OTAs first. What's that like as an experience? A whole bunch of new guys it, was it pretty daunting? Yeah. Um, again, mine was definitely a lot different to a lot of other people just because I was injured and didn't participate in a lot of OTAs or anything. I, I was finally um, back, like, playing back in training camp, so a bit closer to the season. But, um, yeah, I mean, just going all the meetings and, you know, being out there at practice and just taking it all in mentally, I think that's the biggest part is, you know, you really got to be on your game mentally um, and then making that transition to play, you know, physically against these guys who have been out there and, you know, been in the NFL for five, six years, some of the guys that you're going up against. But, um, you know, having a bunch of rookies out there, it's, it's, it's pretty cool because you're all going through the same thing. You know, you're all experiencing a lot of those same emotions. You know, you went, you went through that same journey of, you know, playing at the highest point in your college career, then going through the draft, or if you didn't get drafted, going through another path to get there and, you know, you're all just out there fighting for a job. And basically it's, you know, you you just got to go to work every day. You know that there's someone right next to you that's competing and going through the same thing and wants it just as bad as you. So it's just that the whole mentality is just you got to just be ready to go out and just, just play ball every day. And another thing I was going to say, obviously um, the first pick that Denver had that year, they used it um, to take Paxton Lynch. I imagine somebody like that being drafted took a lot of pressure off you in the in the media conferences and things like that at the start. I imagine most of the Denver media probably wanted to talk to him rather than you, or yeah. were you a bit unique? Yeah. Like, oh, we'll talk to the Aussie as well. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I think you know any any player that they kind of bring in um, didn't really matter what I, I don't think what round you get drafted. Obviously, you know, being a quarterback, it's a bit different. A lot of pressure on that, um, but I think just. Just any position you come in at, um, the expectations are set so high, especially if you're drafted. So, uh, you know, it's just understanding that and, and understanding that you're here to contribute and, and, you know, get out there and help the team. Fantastic. So you got through, um, you know, the OTAs and the off-season um, workout stuff. Uh, a lot of people might not have known you, you were coming off an injury um, from your mm-hmm. senior year at, at Georgia Tech. As you get closer and closer, you know, I know we were sort of hoping, you know, that you would, you would be right and right to go seeing then media reports and things like that saying that you would be taking part in training camp that is a probably i imagine it's probably the most full-on three weeks of your life up until that point yeah yeah definitely i mean um going into training camp it was it was a lot of nerves and stuff obviously you know coming off a serious injury and you don't know really how, how you're going to go and you know these guys have kind of already been in pads and already been moving around and you know this is the first time out there actually on the field doing it. And, um, yeah, basically just went to training camp and, you know, just tried to work hard. And, you know, it was, it was, a, it was an intense three weeks. And it's not it's, 
it's a, it's a lot different from college, you know, because you you're playing preseason games, you're doing all that stuff as well. So, you know, it's it's getting ready to to play football. Um, where college is kind of you do a camp and it's basically just you your team playing against each other um, for a couple of weeks and practicing, and then you go straight into the regular season. So, you know, it is a little it is a little different um, the way the NFL works. You know, you got the four preseason games and then it's a 16 rounds you know, season, and then if you make the postseason, it can be up to, you know, 24 games. So it's a, it's almost two college seasons that you can go through. Um, so physically on the body, it's a lot different, and I think, you know, that's what that training camp and everything prepares you for is just that. But, um, yeah, it's been good to have a full off season. I think, um, you know, looking forward to this year and, you know, getting out there and doing it again. Uh, a lot of people probably wouldn't know how in-depth a – playbook can be in the NFL when you got there and you got your defensive playbook was it just ginormous or was it one of the ones that you said okay there's some things in here I recognize or I'll be able to handle or is it just completely different um it's a bit of both I mean it's 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 weird because you go from a college system where you know I had this I had the same defense for three years so you know I kind of knew it like the back of my hand and you know I knew the little ins and outs and now it's you're learning a whole different scheme and you know, I went from playing a 4-3 defense to a 3-4, so, you know, there's a lot of different rules and guys are lined up in different positions and things like that. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's part of it. You know, you got to learn and you got to learn to play every position pretty much. And, um, you know, it, it didn't take too long to kind of catch on, but obviously you got to, you know, once you get a bit more in-depth with the playbook, you learn those ins and outs, as I was saying. So, uh, you know, heading into year two um, should be a lot better than what I was in year one, so... Yeah, just looking forward to it. And what player, you know, on the defensive line or on the defense was kind of the leader for you or your mentor in a way that helped you in those early days? Um, just just all the guys, I think. You know, it's it's just everyone in the room, you know, helping you out a little bit. And then, you know, we had a couple of good leaders on the defense. Um, you know, DeMarcus Ware was probably one of those guys that would go out of his way to help anyone, um, regardless of position. I think he always had something really uh really good to say that you know little piece of knowledge that you can hold on to and whether whether it's just one little thing that might might you know help you out in the game or something that you can notice or you know whether it's something you can just work on to make yourself a better player i think he was always the guy that someone would go to to get that little piece of knowledge and you know he was more than just like a good leader on the field he was a great leader in the locker room so i'd probably say you know demarcus Ware was probably that guy you don't understand how happy that makes me. He is my all-time favorite player, Demarcus Ware. Yeah. I was a, I'm a Cowboys fan. Just the big smile that came oh across my his face. God. You've, so, just, you've made his morning. So he is a good person. That makes me so. Because sometimes yeah, you hear he's, about he's a great you love a guy, and then you hear he's a bit of a jerk, and you're so disappointed. But then when you hear that they're great, that that makes me. You do not do not believe yeah. how happy that makes me. Who's the most intense guy on that defense? Who's the guy that you know might scare you a little bit, or is it you? Nah, um, you know, there's a lot of guys out there, you know, a lot of our secondary, um, you know, guys all over the field, really, um, you know, they're all out there competing and, and trying to get paid and trying to win a Super Bowl at the end of the day. So, you know, everyone's on, on edge and everyone's just ready to play and, you know, get out there and just do their job. And I think, you know, everyone, everyone just carries that, that passion and it's, there's so much of it out there because, you know, you're trying to, you're trying to be the best out there, you know, you're trying to be an all-pro or go win a Super Bowl or things like that. So, you know, guys are competing. And at the end of the day, it's, you know, there's only X amount of positions. And, you know, you want to be one of those guys that are on the, in those, you know, fill one of those Xs. So, 
you know, it's a high, high pressure, high, uh, high competitive environment. Um, but yeah, it's, it's what you want, you know. And you came onto the team, obviously Denver had just won the Super Bowl when you got drafted to them. Was there a, a lot of hype and there was a coaching change because Gary Kubiak had retired? Um, was there a lot of hype around the season? Did you guys expect to be competing to win it all again? Was, was that kind of the feeling? Yeah, I think, you know, coming into that locker room, um, those guys had nothing less than, of an expectation, I think. Um, you know, coming off that win and especially returning with the same defense. Um, obviously, you know, losing Peyton Manning um, is a big loss. But, you know, you've got a young quarterback in Trevor Simeon and you draft Paxton and, you know, you've got a lot of guys that are, are ready to play and stuff. And, you know, you just go out there and you play and, you know, it's a, it's a handful of plays that, that change the game from winning and losing and stuff and you can't really blame anyone. Um, but, yeah, I think... You know, that's the mentality you got to have going into every year is, you know, you want to be a Super Bowl contender. You're not going in there to finish, you know, second in the division or win the division and that's it, you know. You're going in there to win the Super Bowl. So, you know, that's the mentality that the team carries. Just saying a quick look back to last year, um, you guys opened up your, your first game or regular season game was against Oakland, um, out in Oakland. What was it like sort of running through the tunnel you come, you've warmed up, you come out and you think, wow, I've actually, I've made it, here I am. And, you know, you get to take part in your first NFL game. Yeah, um, yeah, no, nah, Oakland, uh, that was a pretty cool game. Uh, you know, obviously played a fair bit, but, uh, you know, it's, it's their, their environment there was pretty cool. Uh, that kind of reminded me a bit of a college environment. The fans are awesome, they get after it. And, um, you know, it's just, you know, it's that environment where you just want to go in there, division rival, and you know you got to go in there and get a win. And you know we didn't we didn't do that, but uh, you know it's it's just awesome. You know that feeling of going out there and playing, and just knowing you get that opportunity to go out there and play against, just awesome. So you know, I just loved it. And who is the best kind of offensive lineman you've gone against? I, I know Ketche Assimile from the Raiders is very good. Was he the best guy or was there someone else that stood out to you? Yeah, yeah, I'll put him up there. Um, yeah, there's there's a ton of dudes. I can't probably remember off my off my head, but, uh, you know, there's there's a lot of guys. You know, the Patriots O-line were pretty good, went against one of my old teammates there, and then, um, you know, Kansas City was was really good too. So, you know, there's there's a bunch of guys out there that, you know, they're great players and they're, they're there for a reason, you know. They're not, they're not out there just to be a number, you know. They're getting paid as well and they're, you know, they're there for a reason. So, you know, you go against a bunch of guys, some Pro Bowl guys and things like that. But then, then again, you know, they're going against Pro Bowl guys too. So, you know, it's really, it really is the best of the best going against each other. And it's just an awesome environment to be part of. And so week three of the season, you, you line up against the greatest player of all time. And in most people's opinion, Tom Brady, what's that like seeing him on the other side of the line? Yeah, it was it was pretty pretty surreal. Um, you know, you grow up and you know he's kind of like the guy you see on the video games and all that, and you know everyone knows him. And it's it's just like it's pretty crazy that you know you you're playing against that, and, and all of a sudden you're out there on the field with him, and uh, you know you're lining up in your stance, and you can see him like checking the play and all that, and you're just like, geez, you know that's Tom Brady over there. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, you got to realize you're in the you're in the NFL, and you know you're trying to go get that win. So if it means you got to go sack him, you got to go sack him. Uh, but yeah, it's just it's just awesome when you see you know you're going up against you know childhood um, heroes and guys that you've kind of looked up to throughout the years of learning the game, and you know 
faces of, of the NFL and, you know, all of a sudden you're going against them or you're playing with them and, you know, it's just awesome. And, and how did you feel your rookie season went considering coming off a pretty serious injury? How did you find at, at the end of it that you, you felt about it? Yeah, I felt like I did all right, um, you know, coming off the, the injury. But, uh, you know, it's, it's just you've got to improve every year. So, you know, just looking, for, looking forward to this year and it's another opportunity to go out there and play and, you know, hopefully, you know, improve on everything. And, you know, you want to get better every year. That's the goal. So, you know, last season, you know, I felt like I could have done better in some things, you know, some here and there. But, you know, you're always going to have that. So, uh, you know, I've worked hard this off season and just looking forward to another opportunity of getting out there and playing. So how's the off season going for you now? Are you just basically pumping weights? You're working out every day, just trying to get ready for the season coming up? Yeah, pretty much, um, you know. A lot of guys, you know, you take a lot of time because the season is such a long season. So, you know, you do take some time just getting your body back right. And, you know, you're just basically lifting weights and, and running and getting ready. And then you go through those phases of, you know, phase one is you're back there lifting weights as a team. And then you kind of get into being on the field a little bit as a team. And then all of a sudden you, you're in OTAs and you do OTAs. Then, you know, you get about a month off and it's training camp. So, you know, things come around quick and, you know, it's already, we're already back in it. So, yeah, just looking forward to being back out there and, and playing. Fantastic. Adam, thank you so much for your time. We really appreciate it. Um, good luck for the up- upcoming season. We love nothing more than um, seeing the Australians make it into the league and people like yourself and um, especially uh, you, know, you and Jordan Berry who've actually played in the, in the local leagues here. We love to see that and see the success that you guys are having. Um, obviously, good luck for, for training camp and all the off-season stuff and especially for the upcoming season. Thanks, fellas. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. Thanks, heaps, Adam. Really appreciate it. No, no worries, guys. Thank you. It was fantastic to have Adam join us. Once again, we thank him for his time. It brings us to the end of today's show. Thank you so much for downloading. We hope you really uh, enjoyed not only the interview, but that information about Romo at the start of the year. So let everybody know, special announcement, we will be live streaming the NFL draft. Not, Live streaming? Not illegally. We'll, we'll, have a, wow. we'll have a camera here. We'll give you our takes as they happen. We'll, this is news to me too, so I'm be, excited. It's going to be four. You've to, been working hard, haven't you? Four to five hours worth of live coverage. We'll Facebook live it. We'll Instagram live it. We'll set up 10 phones if You we can have hear to. me before every pick. I'm going to say who I had in my mock draft and we can laugh at me when I'm wrong, yep, it'll which be, will happen most of the time. <laughs> it'll be on all those platforms. So that's coming up in a few weeks. We're working really hard on some more guests. I've been chatting with um, a couple of draft experts that are over there. We're hoping to get them on. Um, and I've got a, a guy from uh, a really prominent Facebook page based out of America. He's a defensive line coach at a college in America and has a really good site on Facebook called Lineman's Lunch if you want to get on and have a look at that. Um, we'll hopefully be having having him on the next few weeks. So just getting he's just finishing up spring football, so he's a pretty busy guy at the moment. But... Yeah, I can't wait to pick his brain on offensive line. Maybe I'll just do a little separate podcast for that about me just sitting there in awe of his of his knowledge. Yeah, some people might find it a bit boring, but hey, O-line's part of the game. You need him to win. It's good stuff. We'll be having some more fantastic content coming, so stick with us. We know the off-season can be a little dry, so we'll be working really hard to get a bunch of guests on to try and uh, pump it up a little, more, little bit more. So until next week... And Richie, 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 wait. Are you going to tell everyone what happened to you? Oh, I got a job. Yeah, Richie got a job. <laughs> See you next week, guys. Hang on. Um, hang Come on, on hit on. the stinger. Hit it. Wait, hit it, Richard. There's pressure. Hurry. Play. 
See you next week. Thanks for listening to the NFL Podcast, brought to you by The Vault Studio. You can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and SoundCloud. For more, head to www.thevaultstudio.com.au. And for the latest news, search for The Vault Studio on Facebook and Twitter. We love you, Jerry.